When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time for my favorite show here on Pro Box TV, your boxing channel, Sparring Sessions. Chris Algieri, Paulie Malinaji, and our host, George Jackery. Not only is George the host, but he's the referee and the judge as well. I'm not wearing a tie because I'm getting loose for the show, but George, he's got the bow tie. Uh, All George. Right, we are ready to go. And Chris Algieri, George, he is the defending champion. He had a resounding win last week. But, Paulie, I got some good news for you. You put in a lot of protests, and the commission did hear one of your protests. Uh, one of the rounds, I didn't give you enough information. It was about Pernell Whitaker. Uh, the round was scored 10-9 for Chris. It moves to an even round. So, Chris, instead of a four-point win, it was a three-point win. So, see, I'm fair. We listened to your protest, Paul. What, what, about, the other, what about the other rounds I protested? That in 275 would get me on the bus. I still lost the fight. So, moving on. That was a resounding <laughs> victory for Chris Audrey. But... Before we start, Polly, I'll read a few comments, okay? Some people are on your side. Um, Natural, naturally. Saab1994 says, George is definitely a Texas judge. Polly, <laughs> ask Max <laughs> Kellerman how he had it scored. Mm. Here's another one from Jesus Castro. Chris might have won the fight, but at least he didn't take your side piece, Polly, which is kind of kind of mean. Here's one bashing me. George is an excellent host, but terrible judge. And finally, Paulie, you're, you're getting some, some love here. Hamush says, Paulie was robbed again week after week. We got your back, Paulie, people's champ. So people people know. The, 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 the people know. The, the, they they must have not the watched that last I'm one. The, I'm on. the people's Thank champ. Thank you, Chris. It, it, was a, it was a good decision. Oh, finally, there was one more from Christopher White. The judge is on a fix. So there you go. There's some, there's some comments. Paulie gets you know, some love, but you know, Paulie's Paulie's smart. He's planting the seed that there's a fix. He he yeah. brings it up every every show. He but, does, but just like Texas, but just like Texas, it doesn't matter. They they still have the audacity to rob, and 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 this is the problem with this commission. This commission still has the audacity to rob, even though I I put the pressure on. Well, I'll say I'll, I'll say this. I pride myself on being like a real boxing judge. So there you go. Bias and corrupt. There you go. <laughs> say what you want, but but there you go. Bias right. and corrupt. You guys are going to go at it for five rounds. You're going to spar, discuss, debate. Five rounds. Chris, you're the defending champion. The topics are up. Um, the more likely is going to be a surprise, but everything else is, uh, is, is, is pretty plain. We got a fantasy fight up there in round two. Chris, you are the defending champion. You can defer or you can start. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm going to defer. Okay. So Pauly is going to start this off. All right, Pauly. Uh, round one, you know, we just got over this one. We're not over it, but the whole Tony Weeks debacle. Kenny Bayless just recently retired. He had a, a very long, distinguished career. So I thought it would be appropriate to start this one. Who is the best ref ever in boxing? So Pauly, you are going to start. Ring the bell for round one. It rang. It rang. 
A rank? What do you mean a rank? Arthur McCanty is the best referee ever. Arthur McCanty Sr. is the best referee ever for purposes of nostalgia, for constantly getting the best jobs, uh, uh, the working some of the most classic fights in the era of boxing, and never being a part of the controversy or of any controversy really when it comes to judging those kind of uh, refereeing those kind of fights. He's he. I mean, obviously the the, the big one that comes into play, I, I believe, is the is the fight with Ali and Frazier. Uh, but there's been so many other uh, big part, big events and and big fights that he's not only refereed but also taken part in as a referee and done such a great job. We never really have talked about. We talk a lot. Of, we talk a lot about referee controversies and referee situations. But McCarthy never comes in to the conversation at all, with the exception of he refereed this amazing fight or he refereed that amazing fight, and that's it. I mean, he's just part of boxing lore and boxing nostalgia and boxing history uh, in a positive way and as a referee. Break. I, uh, I actually knew he was going to go with that one. He's, he's going to, of course, he's going to go with the Paisan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was going to pick Arthur McCanty. That's why I let him go first. I'm going Steve Smoger. Steve mm. Smoger's my guy because I like refs that allow people to fight. And Steve is one of those guys that he he wanted to give everyone their chance. I, you know, we live in an era now where fights get stopped way too soon. You don't give guys chances. Listen, I won my title because I was given a chance. I had a, I had a horrible eye against a Bravonikov fight. Um, if that fight would have got stopped, like a lot of fights are today, I wouldn't be a world champion or I wouldn't have won that fight at least. Um, so I, I like a, a referee who stays out of, out of the action, but allows people to fight. He's also was a friend of mine, rest in peace. Our, uh, Steve Smoger, great guy that no one's going to say anything bad about Steve Smoger. He's a fantastic human being aside from being a, an excellent, excellent ref. I, I, I that's my guy. And uh, Steve Smoger, man, I, I'm thinking of the, uh, Kelly Pavlik, Jermaine Taylor fight. Another fight that would have ended early. And Pavlik would have lost if not for, our, uh, for uh, Steve. Great. Great. But I'm going to quote Steve Smoger when my, my corner tried to tell him Cotto was butting me in the fight. Uh, he come, <laughs> we call him over to the corner, and Smoger goes, it's part of the game, son. I don't know, bro. Yeah, it's nice to let guys fight, but you also got to know how to hold on to the rules. One thing I knew about Steve Smoger when I had him, no rules were going to get enforced. It was just going to be a free-for-all. Uh, fun referee for the fans, but as a fighter, difficult guy to be in the ring with when he's refereeing because he absolutely warned nothing about nothing. Uh, I felt like Mercanti was, knew how to be Break. That's and a positive for Smoger. He let guys fight. It's a fight, guys. At the end of the day, yes, it's a boxing match and there are rules, but it's a fight. Um, and I would agree with Arthur McCanty, but he, I think he worked too long. And he had some fights late in his career. He was, he was very, very old. I'm thinking of the Arturo Gotti-Mickey Ward first fight. I think, uh, you know, that fight, um, it was a great fight. But there were some questionable calls that, that, and also some breaks in the action that were, I think, unwarranted. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, just him being an advanced age. So I'm sticking with Steve Smoker, man. That's, that's my guy. All right. There's our bell. And, uh, and you got the a, wrong paisan. That was Cappuccino with the Ward. I, I was just going to say. Oh, it's, it, shit, it, it you're was right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, that's a 10-9 round for Paulie. I, I think Smoger is an excellent rep, nothing against him, but Mercanti is the GOAT. And yes, Chris, you were wrong on that. It was it was Frank Cappuccino yeah. because I remember Jim when Gotti had the body shot and he was heard saying, you can yeah. stop any time, Frank. Jim yeah. Lampy was telling right. Frank he could stop at any time, and he did Was Cappuccino the ref for Tyson Spinks as well? He was. Yeah. He's he around was. for a while, too. Yeah, slow. The very who was, slow, uh, uh, who was the, the rep for Leonard and Hearns? That was a guy who had a few good fights too. Padilla? Uh, no, it wasn't Carlos Padilla. Padilla. Was it Carlos Padilla? Davey, was it Davy Pearl? No. Oh, it might have been David Pearl. You're right. It might have been Davy Pearl. It, yeah, one of, it might have been one of those. Pearl, old no, school guys. Some good fights, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a 10 9 round, Pauly. So, Pauly, and, and listen, Smoger, excellent choice. Close round, but Pauly pulls it out 10 9. So, Pauly takes a one point lead. Pauly is hungry. Pauly, you. You never led in the last fight, I don't it's think. It's my 10-8 so. round. 
I don't understand. I get I game with the better referee, and then he made a mistake with the cappuccino situation. I mean, what, what this is again? This is clear and and it goes Paulie. He wins around and there's, he there's starts to shoot himself in the foot. Let it go, man. Well, next Listen, time we'll give him ten rounds. Don't, don't, don't now, sleep on Smoker. Don't sleep on Smoker. Yeah, yeah, sure, I made round. a mistake, but is, listen, that's that's this is, that. This is that was, clear and evident bias. Fans, fans, keep letting the commission know. Wow, listen, Chris. Paulie just won a round, and he's talking about bias already. This is not boding well. I wasn't given a knockdown. The glove touched. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> we could take a point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm trying not to. Listen, Paulie got worn twice in the last one. I'm going to try and George, not. George, you're trying to be a good ref and stay out. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Trying to be smoker. You. You're trying very, to be smoker. Very appreciated. All right. Round two. Chris, you're going to start this one. We love doing these fantasy fights. George Foreman against Tyson Fury. Now, you can pick if you feel like Foreman to win. It can be the young foreman. It can be the old foreman. It, it it's up to you. So whatever foreman you want in there, foreman versus fury. This is a fantasy fight. Chris, you are starting round two. Ring the bell to start the round. You know, a lot of times we complain about like pound for pounds and trying to make these these matches. But I think I like these kinds of matches. We're talking about old and new. Um, how do the how do the greats of of the past deal with the guys of today? And Foreman's one of those guys. We went in deep on one of our last shows talking about this this particular uh, topic about Foreman, how he would do today. And I, I said he's got generational power. I mean, it, it would transcend any kind of era. Um, so Foreman could definitely compete with the top guys in the weight in, in the heavyweight division today. But Tyson Fury is a different animal, man. He, between the size, um, the mental games that he plays, and you know the Foreman, the old Foreman, the the destroyer Foreman. We saw him implode against Muhammad Ali, which is a guy who was a good talker and was able to beat him, I think, leading into the fight. And then in the older Foreman, I just don't think he was physical physical enough in terms of being able to withstand throwing so many punches. And with a guy like Fury, who throws a ton of punches, he's hard to hit. He's also really big and athletic. I got I got uh, Fury uh, if Foreman and Fury were to, to, to fight, whether it was the first version or the second. Great. You know, I like to disagree, but here I have to agree. Uh, on top of which... Fury is typically a guy when the moment gets scary and a lot of pressure, he creepily brings out his best. There's no way you can underestimate George Foreman. He was he had that kind of power, especially the young George Foreman. He had that mean scowl. He he forced you to take him seriously, no matter what. I mean, Ali tried to play him, play the mind games with him, but Ali was scared, uh, scared to death too. You know what I mean? He was he just had to play those mind games and he knew how to play them. And I think Fury would be doing the same thing. I think Fury, Allah, he what he did with Vladimir Klitschko, where I knew a thing he knew it was a scary situation. You got to go to Germany, big puncher, ten year heavyweight champion. And he just kept talking and talking and talking. But at the same time, he was very, very focused and brought out his best. I think that would happen to the younger foreman. The older foreman, I just don't think he's energetic enough to deal with uh, uh, Tyson Fury, again, from an energy point of view. You can have a case where he might take the older foreman a little bit lightly and maybe get caught. I think the older foreman may have actually a better chance against Fury. But I have to still go with Fury. He's too big. He he knows how to push guys back with using that size. And a puncher going backwards is not a puncher. Break. One of the things that gave uh, Foreman so much trouble against Ali was his hand speed. And, and Fury, even though he's a big guy and doesn't look the part, he's actually very, he's quick. He's got fast hands. Um, he's very slick up top. I think Foreman have a hard time, either version, finding him. Um, so, I, yeah, I think, I think Fury, in terms of his physicality, his speed, um, and, and the mental games that he played, I don't think Foreman, especially the younger one, would be able to deal with that. So, yeah, Foreman, and maybe even by, by stoppage, honestly, just from, from wearing him down. Great.
I actually don't think he would have to go find Fury. I think Fury would back up for him. And I think Fury would use the bully tactics. He's 6'9". I mean, this is a heavyweight era that is so big that, you know, a guy like Foreman would never have seen this kind of size. And, and a guy pushing him backwards and then, uh, you know, kind of bullying him as well, talking to him as well. The younger Foreman would have had the problem because he would have bullied the bully, which a lot of times is not easy to do. And the older Foreman, again, like I said, I don't think he would have had enough energy uh, to keep up with that kind of physicality. But I think either way, Fury would have been very, very physical. I think the older Foreman would have actually had a better chance. All right, that's our bell. Yeah, guys, that's a that's a ten ten round. Um, yeah. As much as I would love to 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 pick Foreman, that's a I tough fight. All, I mean, the Foreman, I think, that knocked out Frazier and and knocked out Kenny Norton. That's the, the Foreman shrine. I would like to see in there. But you know, Steve Cunningham knocked Fury down. I would love to go with Foreman, but man, that's a tall, a, literally a tall order this going guy, up. Fury just gets gets honed in like like a laser. The, the thing about like about Fury though is, yeah, you can put him down, but he get, you can't keep him there. I mean, right. Wilder put him down how many times? You know, yeah, we always we always bring up the Cunningham fight, but he fought a guy who could really punch. He was a heavyweight. And he kept getting and also up. Also, when he's laser focused, he's a different guy. And 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 Foreman's so mean, you have to take him seriously. Yeah, you right. can't even underestimate that guy because he was so mean. He forced you to take him seriously because then you can just go back and replay his knockouts in your head. And you're like, oh, I gotta take this guy seriously. And Paul, you mentioned the size. I remember I was at the uh, the 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 rematch, the Wilder Fury, and I remember them coming into the ring and being ringside and being like, I didn't realize he was that big. I I've been in mm -hmm. fighter meetings with him, but he was so much bigger than Wilder. I mean how high his head was over the ropes was absolutely insane. I think trying to even just, I'm, I'm picturing Foreman and him in the ring together. And I think it would just look insane. I shared a dressing room with Fury um, in uh, uh, Quebec city. My fight after Amir Khan, I fought underneath uh, Bernard Hopkins and Pascal. It was a co-main event, but I was not on Showtime. I was just on the international broadcast in the co-main event. And Fury had to fight after the main event. And he, so he was in the dressing room. Oh, wow. wow. Like deep on the card stuff, you know, and he was a huge he was, man. We shared the same dressing room. He was much skinnier than, but he was a yeah. giant. I mean, Manga Man Sword was was with him. It was uh, people at home six foot nine. Like you, that's that's not something you. He see was like a pen back then. He was like a pencil. Yeah, he was, he was real thin, then, but still. And he had hair. Six foot nine is big. Sword was with him. The basketball Listen, player. The basketball player. It's crazy. I want to. You guys are leading me into saying download the app because these kind of stories that you guys tell. You know, th this show it, it's about the debate, but it's also about the stories. And and we always boxing fans always get stories from you guys. So download the free ProBox TV app, and you can hear champions and Hall of Famers talking every day and about boxing. You know, Paulie has got... Funny thing about Quebec City, that's where Better Beav and, uh, and, and Smith are fighting this weekend, right? That, that it. And, and Paulie, you're leading well into round three. You've got a one-point lead. Paulie, you're starting round three. Archer Better Beav has got a fight. He's defending his light heavyweight straps this weekend. So it got me thinking, who's the best light heavyweight of all time? So that is round three. Paulie, you're going to start the round. Ring the bell for round three. Um, you know what? This is interesting. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. I know mm. you go with Mike Spinks. I know you go with uh, Bob Foster. You there's a few different ways you could go here, but I think Roy Jones. There's a there's a there's that moment in time, Roy Jones, before he got a little older, before he went up to the heavyweight division, and and then came back down where he just lights out. He's got extreme power. Um, he's got extreme reflexes extreme understanding of uh, ring IQ and understanding of, of, of positioning in the ring. Uh, and could 
hit you with shots he just didn't see coming because set you and set the traps as well. It's you know Roy Jones was fast enough where he could hit you with the shots even without having to set the traps, especially for a light heavyweight. But the fact that he knew how to set the traps and then put in that kind of speed, that's why guys were going down like like wondering where the hell they were, you know, at times because he's like when well, you look think of the Reggie Johnson knockout. Reggie Johnson's throwing a punch and all of a sudden he's down. He's got a face like what the hell? What the hell am I doing? You know. So I think Roy, that particular Roy Jones right there is a very very difficult guy to deal with uh, and possibly the the best light heavyweight ever. ever. Great. Yeah, so great choice, Roy Jones Jr. Of course, I mean he's 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 one of the goats. I mean, um, fantastic, incredible, incredible career. But the problem with Roy Jones at 175 is he didn't have the dance partners, and that was something that that, that plagued him in his career. So I'm gonna go way back with a guy that's one of my favorite fighters, Gene Tunney, uh, mm. the fighting Marine man. Gene Tunney was so smart, and he had he had dance partners. He fought Harry Greb like five times. Like, like it's ridiculous. He he lost the I think the first time, and then he beat him the next like four or whatever. And then he moves up to to heavyweight. Really didn't weigh as much as heavyweight. And beat Jack Dempsey twice. So in terms of like just epic careers and you know best light heavyweight in terms of what he's done at light heavyweight because he's got the dance partners because of the way he fought. He only had one loss. Um, he was a super super disciplined guy. There's legends about how he lived his lifestyle inside and outside of the ring. Um, and also just super super smart. Um, obviously very, very different in terms of athleticism for the modern day guys, but man, I'm going, I'm going Gene Tunney. Great. Well, Roy Jones had dance partners. Just if you dominate them, doesn't mean you don't have Reggie Johnson, Mike McCallum, uh, uh, Eric Harding was very, very, very good, but he never, yeah. he never, he'll never go down as anything because Roy Jones is around at the same time. Like he had some really good dance partners at like heavyweight dominated them all. So, uh, it, the problem is he, because he dominated, now you don't have a dance partners. No, 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 no. Those guys were all world champions, uh, with the exception of Harding and Harding. The only reason Harding didn't become a world champion is because he was in the same weight class as Roy Jones Jr. Harding was very, very effective. The guy had dance partners. He dominated all dance hey, partners. Great. Good yeah, fighters and world champions, good champions and and good fighters and world champions are not the same as as epic guys. And he, none of those guys are epic. I mean, Mike McCallum was older and, he's, and he was in a different weight class. He was better, at, you know, in, in the lighter weights. Um, Eric Harding, you know, he's never going to be an all time great. Gene Tunney's an all time great, beating all time greats. He's being Hall of Famers. So at, at light heavyweight, the Roy Roy's career in its totality, of course, Roy Roy is the man. But Gene Tunney at light heavyweight, I got him as the best light heavyweight. All right, there's our bell. Wow. Um. You guys shocked me with both answers because I'm thinking Archie Moore. I'm yeah, thinking the old Michael Spinks. I was thinking him too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Michael Spinks. So, you know, my I mentioned Spinks, but I just want Roy. My my yeah, my, my you know, my opinion doesn't matter here. So what it is, it's between Gene Tunney and Roy Jones. And I'm thinking who would win a matchup? That's how I'm gonna score this round. And I think Roy Jones wins that fight. Oh, but that's not the question. Come on, you all time. I think he I think I think I'm the judge and I'm saying that Roy Jones is a better light heavyweight than Gene Tunney. Not only that, all-time greats, talk about all-time greats. I mean, back then you could trip over your left have two left feet and still be an all-time great when you fought in the 30s, bro. Different kind of fighters, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Yeah, but I took I took this as as best light heavyweight. But Gene fought all-time greats. What were the all-time greats he fought at? You don't look at Harry Greb. He fought Harry Greb. And Jake, then he beat Jack Harry Greb was more of a middleweight, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah, he might have moved still, up. Like five like, times. Was I mean, too. All those guys, was they jump weight classes like crazy. It was different back then. They did, oh, man. But, but, but uh, listen, Archie Moore, rest in peace, and Bob Foster and Michael Spinks. I'm, I'm I was thinking Bob Foster, love. They, they didn't, but I am. So, I Foster, was Foster gonna be on and there. Spinks mentioned, but I, I, I went with uh, Roy. I went with Gene because um, I, I, I like I like him. I just like Gene. I like his lifestyle. I because that's a big thing. The Fighting Marine, like he was one of the first guys who talked about nutrition and and physical training outside of the gym. Like 
if you ever read some of his quotes about nutrition, way ahead of his time. Oh, he was very, a very well-schooled guy. Like yeah, outside smart of the guy, ring, too. Very smart. Time. Yeah. Yeah, well. That was another reason I, I had him. He's very smart. He figured things out. Ah. Well, I, I get it. I get it. But right now, Paulie has taken a two-point lead going into the fourth round. So we got a hungry, complaining Paulie Malinaji with a two-point lead. I should, have a gonna start... I should have a three-point lead. I wasn't given enough. Oh, here we go. The, Chris, Chris is going to start this round. So this is a more likely question. Now, you, you have to, to, to listen. Chris, you're going to start this. But what is more likely, that we get any fight between Tank, Haney, Shakur, Teofimo, and Matias, or Chris, a notorious meat eater, stops eating meat for the year? So do you get that? What's more likely? Will we get any fight between those five guys, or will Chris stop eating meat? The is year. that within this calendar year? Within this calendar year, 2024. So getting What's those more likely to happen this calendar year. Yeah. What's more likely? We're only in January, so Chris, you got it. I got it. All right, round four. Ring the bell. Am I going so first? I get. I think I'm. I'm first, right? Chris I, goes first. So I get. I get asked all the time. Uh, you know, my Fighters Kitchen uh, uh, book. People are. Oh, well, are you gonna, when are you going to come out with the vegan version? Because we need vegan meals. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to stop eating meat. <laughs> I'm Part a meat eater. It's in my genes. I can't do it. I can't do it. My, my, my mother's from Argentina. They're a very meat-dominant culture. My dad's Italian. Uh, we, we, we are going to eat meat. I am going to eat meat. Um, and, you know, in terms of nutrition, the, the health benefits are there. But, yeah, no, we're, we're, I, those other fights, they're, they're going to happen. I think um, – I've said I think the Tiafimo-Matias uh, fight it, it could, could happen very soon because Tiafimo is one of those guys who goes after the, the, the Bulls in the division. I think it's a really good idea for him, too. And I think I think Haney might even do a, a fight like that. I know he's very, very dangerous um, going against a guy like Matias, but if you want to control that division, um, whoever's going to stay there is, is going to look for those fights. And then, I don't know, Shakur, I don't think he's going to be moving up just yet. I don't see Tank and Haney fighting this year. Um, but listen, I'm not stopping meat, so. <laughs> Break. Yeah, I... I... No shot, and especially we're talking about this calendar year. I mean, Chris is probably already eating meat in this calendar year, so that's out the window, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think there are so many fighters there that between all of them, you got to figure out at least one of those matchups is going to happen so at somewhere in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this calendar year. But then you look at the nitty-gritty, and you're like, damn, I don't know if they really want to fight each other. Everybody's got some, all kinds of excuses yeah. between promotional entities and what I'm worth. They, they get into the what I'm worth and you're worth bullcrap, you know, as if now they became uh, uh, scholars, uh, business scholars instead of athletes. Um, it gets actually annoying from a, a perspective of fan bases. But um, Chris is not going to stop eating meat. So, I mean, I, I think you could um, – I think you could get – Listen, Matias wants to fight anybody. I think Matias, if you present any of those fights with him, because Matias will take any of them, literally. He's in that position. He's not as well-known as the other guys. So I think Matias is one of those guys that if any of those fights presents itself, he'll take any of them. Now, the, the issue is, do any of those guys want any piece of Matias? Because Matias is the one guy who probably will fight all of them at any point. I don't want to fight Cole. Now, if, if this was anything else besides me stopping eating meat, I actually could have an argument that these guys wouldn't fight this year. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways and a lot of loopholes to see these guys avoiding each other, at least for this calendar year. Um, I think Matias is really the, the dark horse guy there because he has a title. If he didn't have a title, nobody would nobody would fight him this year. They 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 would avoid him like the plague. But he has a title and he's chomping at the bit and he's calling out everyone now. So I think one of those guys is gonna have to fight him this year, whether they want to or they don't. Great. I think somebody like Richardson Hitchens walks in there in the midst of all this and gets a title shot in 2024. So these names could also change. Because Hitchens is good enough to possibly get a win over over all these yep. kind of guys. The 140 pound division is pretty uh, has a lot of depth. You guys still got Jack Catterall laying around. 
That's the problem. Unless somebody fights Matias, because Matias is the guy who's going to fight all of them. On a phone call, he'll take them all on. Unless Matias, uh, somebody takes on Matias, which is, again, highly unlikely. I'm not sure. But Chris is not going to eat me. That's It's not going to stop eating me. That's the most unlikely. So you still got a better shot if somebody calling Matias for a fight. All right. There's our bell. That, that's, uh, that's an even round. And, and you know what? This is January. I don't think any of these guys are going to fight. I'll say shame on boxing. I hope june some you know may june july that one of these guys is signed to fight another but it'll be a shame if we go a whole year and these guys this furious five if nobody fights each other maybe i just saudi money maybe saudi money who knows i and hope it, so it'll, it'll be a shame if i stop eating meat this year too just for the <laughs> that'd be a real shame well you know what chris um you're two points behind going into the last round need a big round you're the defending champion you need something big to keep to keep your title you need a you need you need two knockdowns there's never been a knockout there's never been a 10-7 round inspiring session you never you never know paulie might start chirping you might get a point taken off anything can happen anything oh, can happen now you give, you give him... <laughs> paulie, he's, he's gonna lock and key paulie you're starting round five and, and and really we're coming up on a week since the the ortiz lawson fight and uh the whole tony weeks debacle and not surprisingly Nothing has been said. The Nevada Athletic Commission came out with sort of a blanket statement saying the fighters were cleared to fight, and that's it. They're kind of sweeping their hands of it. No one has said anything. So the question is, will boxing react to Tony Weeks? That's round five. Paulie, you're starting it up by two points. Ring the bell for round five. You know what? I, I'm actually going to go in a different direction here. I, I think that the commission's statement was so vague and and not assessing the two failed allegedly two failed tests by Lawson that I think boxing has to react more to the commission at this point I think that that very vague statement by the Vegas commission actually puts a little bit of momentum behind Tony Weeks' statement. Prior to that, you're thinking, okay, how does this guy even get uh, get get the results? He shouldn't be talking about. It. He shouldn't have got the job. All things that definitely should be part of the conversation, but. Vegas, the Nevada Commission mentioned that all oh, everyone passed their tests, but had no mention of the fact that nobody failed any tests prior to the quote unquote passing their tests. So you still have that kind of 800 pound gorilla in the room, that thousand pound elephant in the room where Tony Weeks' statement kind of starts to really hang on there, man. And you're saying, you know what? Hmm. You know what? Did somebody fail two tests? We have no answer to that. So will boxing react to the commission more so than Tony Weeks at this point? Great. Boxing has reacted, but that's boxing isn't who 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 makes the rules and who, who the boxing we are boxing the people who are watching boxing are the boxing we the fighters of the boxing the, the, you know but who is gonna come down on weeks nobody nothing's gonna happen this is boxing this is gonna get it's not gonna get swept under the rug because it's already out but it's gonna we're gonna lie low until the until the news cycle flips and then this just gets pushed to the wayside and it's just another one of those one of, another one of those situations where a call went wrong. Um, yeah, the Tony Weeks coming out with those, those statements, honestly, I, I think those are easily uh, dismissed because it's like, all right, well, where, where are these tests? You know, and, and the commission is not going to do anything. If anything, they're just going to be like, oh, no, he, 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 well, no, they already did. He already, you know, he passed his last test. That's, that's all that's going to matter. Those old tests are not going to come out. So nothing's going to be done. So boxing did react, but in terms of what they're going to do with Tony Weeks, I don't think anything's going to happen. We might not see Tony Weeks as much, but like I said, I think this is going to be more just kind of left in the in the in the uh, rear view. 
The problem with two failed tests is they probably weren't old. He may have failed two prior to this fight, and then he, the third one passed. That I think that's more so what Tony Weeks was was edging towards, you know. So again, you gotta have a some kind of reaction. I kind of agree that probably you're not gonna have a reaction because reacting to boxing in this situation or boxing reacting in this situation means a higher level of government looking at the Vegas commission at this point because now you got to have who looks at the commissions because the commissions call the shots so somebody above that you got to have like sort of a baseball situation where where Congress looks at it and that's, and that's not going to happen Break. There is no accountability in boxing. They're keeping the books closed, and this is another real situation. They're going to keep the books closed. They're not going to open. They're not going to allow for for that visibility or accountability because, like you said, it's going to it's going to it's going to ultimately hurt the sport, and it's going to go that, a long, long trek down a, a nasty road to figure out what is actually going on here. When the easiest thing to do is just nothing. Let it sit. People forget. That's, that's the world we live in. That's how politics work too. All right, there, there's there's our bell. All right, guys. Um, this is a really before I give my my score. Uh, I I think that you're right, Chris. There's no accountability in boxing. Let Let's think about think about when Muhammad Ali, the greatest fighter of all times, everyone says he's the greatest. He fought Larry Holmes. He was brain damaged. Everyone knew. The commission knew. The doctors knew. Ali's people knew. They let the fight go on because there was millions of dollars at stake. Even a few years ago, when Margarito fought Cotto in the rematch. Oh, he yeah. had some serious eye issues. I was I was uh, working on the 24-7 for that fight, and he had to get cleared the week of the fight. And I remember those top-ranked guys were literally, when, when he was cleared, they were crossing themselves, you know, doing the Hail Mary that he was cleared. And a lot of people think he shouldn't have been cleared. I'm no doctor, but I saw Margarito's eye up close. You know, but that's boxing. I think uh, it's a, a disgusting sport at times. I don't think George, there's... I was, I was let in... Me say, I was, let me say, Chris... Chris pulled that round out, 10-9. Very close. Very close. Maybe a sympathy vote, Paulie. Maybe a sympathy vote. Paulie is the new sparring session champion. Did I get a sympathy vote last week? Did I get a my 10-8 round this week? What's sympathy? You did get a sympathy vote. You got it. You got it. In, 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 you know, with the commission. You got it. Yeah, but that's the, pro the, the, pressure, the pressure of the masses. The protests of the fans probably got that overturned. That's uh, Chris, the pressure Chris, of the masses. A, did you have a point to, to make on the whole... Uh, yeah, I was I was in uh, Robert Garcia's gym uh, when that Cotto Margarito rematch was happening with the eye thing, and I remember first of all him coming into the gym, his eye it looked like remember the Terminator movie? Yes, the first one. Yes, when he had to cut the thing, his eye looked crazy. It, it, I it, remember. It, it did not look normal. It did it not looked look abnormal. Healthy. He walked into the gym. His face was sunken in some, you know, from where Pacquiao broke his orbital, and that eye looked dead. And I remember them. Go, frantically trying to figure out how they're going to make this fight happen because it got turned down in a couple different commissions um, and they moved it around to make it happen. So this stuff does happen where guys, you know, don't, don't pass certain medicals in one place. We just find some place where they can. I mean, that's nothing new. Um, but yeah, well, he man, passed but, that medical in New York. Yeah. Margarita, which is crazy. That fight was New York, in New York is... which was, which was not shocking. I think no one thought the fight wouldn't happen because yeah. there was a lot of money at stake. So yes. Um, Paulie, you're the new champ. You're the new sparring session champ. I knew that. I, I know he knows refs. So. I knew that ref one was going to hurt me. Right, I know well, he knows um, refs. Paul, you know Paul, what? Any, any complaints? I took the Long champ. Island referee away from you because Mark Canty is a Long Island referee. All right. Well, George, there you go. We got, I, we got a oh, new champ. I knew champ. you were going to You know, what? you know what's funny, Paulie? Uh, uh, George, Paulie's the new champ and he's still complaining. <laughs> he's the champ. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the, the magic man pulled it out, though, and we got a, a new champion in sparring sessions. Hey, remember, guys, if you want to, if you have an, a disagreement with any, with Chris or Paulie, or with the judging and the refereeing and the scoring of George Jakovic, then hit us up with the comments on, on YouTube here on the bottom there and let us know what you think about sparring sessions. Always big fun and great entertainment as well here on Pro Box TV. Gentlemen, thank you very much for sparring sessions. Looking forward to next week and Paulie defending his belt as a sparring sessions champion. Don't forget to download the app. It's free for the best boxing content. Here's Pro Box TV.